This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. All right, Pastor Craig, you are with us for four days this week, Yippee. and uh, you've got you do got some challenging questions here. I noticed you saved some nice ones for me. That's what I like to do. There are a whole bunch of questions that I don't want to answer, so I'm like, ah, we'll punt. We'll give these to Craig. So here's the question for today. Why does Satan want to hurt us? What say you? Tough question, because we can't identify as image of God people, image bearers. Um, Satan is not an image of God. He's a fallen angel. He's a creation um, that we're not given a lot of information about. All we know is that his agenda is completely opposite of God's agenda. Um, And his whole life is about bringing down everything that God has made. When we even say that, did God create sin? It's a bad question Mm. because God didn't create sin. He created everything to be good. That's scripture, Genesis 1. Everything was good, very, very good. Satan's whole agenda is to twist that which is good into something that which is bad. And so we are in his crosshairs because we are at the pinnacle of God's greatest work in creation, that we would bear the image of Christ on the earth. Satan hates us because we have the ability to image God and Satan hates God. It's actually that simple. So now if I'm my six-year-old daughter, uh, what I'm going to ask you is this, why would anybody hate God? That's a good question. Because in her mind, God's good. God made her. Then she would be right. Right. But like in her brain, and she's accurate, like her best picture of God is me. Yep. I love her unconditionally. I hug her. I give her stuff. I take care of her. I feed her. I buy her clothes. I make her happy. I discipline her. Like God does good things for her. So why would anybody be upset with God? That's another good way of putting it. Why would you hate God? I I can't even answer that question. Said the person with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) there's something innate about our fallenness that makes us hate the good. I don't know why that is. I can't explain it. Um, Jesus said that. I didn't say it. Jesus said men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. They killed Jesus because of this very reason. Why do you hate the hand that feeds you? Why do you hate the one who gives you grace? Why do you hate the one who treats you the nicest? I don't know, but I know that's innate in the fallenness of every human being. And in the end, in the book of Revelation, it is profound that there's a verse in there that says they'll know the judgment of the end times comes from God, and they'll know that all they need to do is repent and turn to him in repentance. But instead of that, they'll lift their fists and shake their fists at God with clenched Mm -hmm. teeth, and they'll hate him even more. When they know they can escape it with simple repentance, they will choose not to because they will hate God even more. Which fundamentally, the the issue is in us. So God is perfect and holy and emanates righteousness and flawlessness. Mm -hmm. And every time Satan gets near to him, it exposes everything that's wrong with Mm -hmm. him. And it's interesting because you don't find like a lot of kids hate God. What happens is as kids grow up and life happens, they hate God. That's true. Unless they're trained that way. Right. There are a number of adults who are training their kids to- Hate religion, hate God. It seems to me that what I encounter more, more than not is they hate the idea of God. Mm-hmm. They teach their kids to hate the concept of God. The concept of God is foolishness and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Reject the concepts. Mm-hmm. And so they grow up to hate religion, like you just said. But that is a matter of nurturing, right? Mm-hmm. But the, in our nature, there is like this, we just have to understand there is a propensity in every human being, unless God intervenes, to 
hate him. There is. Yep. C.S. Lewis talks about this so profoundly, and I have to admit, I'm not sure I fully understood the penalty of hell until I read this, and I think it was in, I'll get it wrong if I say it, but one of his books, maybe Abolition of Man, he talks about those that are in hell, uh, when they come, even if they were brought into the presence of God, they would choose rather to go back to hell than enter into the presence of God. And that is because the closer they get to the light, the more they see their own filthiness, their own flaws, their own brokenness, and they don't want to admit that. And so the source of all of this, I think, is pride, um, because the closer we get to the light, the more we realize who we are. And in order to make the crossover, we've got to go through this doorway of repentance, and people do not want to go through that door. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So it doesn't make sense to anybody who has the Holy Spirit and why anybody would not like God. And some people might say, hey, I'm I'm not yet a Christian or I'm not a believer, but I don't hate God. And, and in their heart, that, that would actually be accurate that what they believe, they don't have this experience of hatred. Right. Um, and I would say, if you don't have a hatred towards the concept of God, that is purely by the grace of God. Absolutely. And, um, praise God for that and give him credit because had you been left to your sinful nature, the natural end of sin is that when life does not play out according to our desires or expectations. We get angry at whatever we believe is up there. Mm-hmm. And if your life has worked out perfectly to your expectations, well, <laughs> kudos to you. I've never met you. Mm-hmm. But if you have not wagged your finger at God and rejected him because of what he has allowed, permitted, or ordained in your life, mm-hmm. that is surely by the grace of God. It's a sense of rebellion that we have in our fallenness that we have to admit is there. And that's the hardest part. I heard of an atheist dinner that they had. And at this atheist dinner, uh, they started, literally was a dinner for atheists. Uh, this is not uh, a fable. This actually happens, I think, almost on an annual basis. But at this dinner, they invite people in, and their whole purpose is to talk about how they want to remove religion from everyday life. And they say, instead of starting with a prayer like most dinners would do uh, that are religious, we're going to start with absolute chaos. We want you to scream, to yell, to swear, to do whatever you want to do. And we're going to let that go on for a little while, and then we're going to eat. And that that action in and of itself, as silly as it may sound to us, that action is rebellion because they are rebelling against this institution of religion, this institution that says God is the reason we have our food, and they are going the alternate route. And it, it only is a broad picture of uh, of what's innate to every one of us in our fallenness. And I like how you said it. If we have any affinity toward God, it's only because of his grace. Mm, amen. All right. So tomorrow the question is, how does God feel when faith is lost from one generation to the next? So this is an opportunity, I think, to empathize on more the, the emotional empathetic side of God. Uh, how might we bring somebody into the experience? Like, what does God think? Does he feel? Is he angry? I mean, how, how do we begin to understand the emotions? Because... As people were made in his image, and the Bible describes God as having human emotions. Well, we have human emotions because we're made in his image. Mm-hmm. He experiences grief and hatred and anger and love and etc. So how does God feel when faith is lost from one generation to the next? Mm-hmm.